When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Browns lose 37-14 to the Arizona Cardinals and I discuss it with Mary Kay Cabot, Doug Maurice, and Scott Patsko. We get into our panic level about the Browns. We talk about the defense and we talk a whole lot about Baker Mayfield and what the Browns should do at the quarterback position on Thursday with Baker Mayfield dealing with that left shoulder injury. If you're not a football insider subscriber, you've already missed so much this season. Uh, head to cleveland.com slash browns click the blue banner at the top of the page you get a daily newsletter delivered to your inbox you get access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns and you can become one of our text subscribers so again cleveland.com slash browns the blue banner at the top of the page to get all your information get signed up for football okay here we go our post game edition of the orange and brown talk And away we go on our post-game podcast. Dan Lobby, Mary Kate Cabot, Scott Patsko, Doug Lane, Reese. The Browns, 37-14 losers to the Arizona Cardinals at home. They are now 3-3. Three and three. Uh, It's going to be an interesting few days for Browns fans as they head into this Thursday night game against the Broncos. So I just wanted to ask you guys, what is your level of panic right now? We'll go scale of 1 to 10. What's your level of panic right now about the Cleveland Browns on October 17th? following their second loss in a row, the first time under Kevin Stefanski that they've lost two regular season games in a row. Uh, Mary Kay, what, what about you? Let's start you know, with I'm, I'm going to go right down the middle. I'm going to say about a five, right? I'm just going to say about a five out of 10 because uh, I do think that when I, when I look at this game, I mean, if you would have thought that you were going to go into the game without your two starting offensive tackles and without Nick Chubb and that Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield were going to get injured in the football game. Uh, you know, I think you would have really wondered how they were going to beat the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. So I do think that, uh, you know, that you can look at this and, and see that, uh, you know, there were extenuating circumstances about why, some things didn't go the way that they should have gone. Uh, but as we just said in a video, as I just said in a video that we uh, taped a few minutes ago, I still think that Baker Mayfield turning the ball over three times. I, I did not like what I saw there. And I did not like him missing Austin Hooper, missing an open Odell Beckham Jr., throwing a bad pass on, on Higgins. And everybody, I mean, I know everybody feels kind of sorry for him right now because he's a warrior and he's, getting his butt kicked and he re-injured his shoulder. But I still think those things are a concern. And I don't think that they can be dismissed by some of the stuff that we're seeing right now. Yeah. So the Baker Mayfield thing is, is certainly interesting as we go through this. And I want to, I'm curious, Scott and Doug, how that kind of, kind of goes into your, your panic levels here. So Mary Kay's at a five, Scott, where are you at? Um, I'm a little bit higher, um, somewhere maybe six and a half at least, I think. And it, it's largely because, and I'm thinking maybe more short-term, long-term, I don't have, I'm not as high, but short-term, you're not sure what 
your situation is with Baker, uh, both your running backs have issues now, have calf issues. Uh, I, I wrote after the game, like the worst thing about this game is that they have another one in four days. And it's like they came into this game with so many injury issues and they're leaving it, it seems, with just as many, if not more, especially when it comes to key spots. You're still not sure what your tackle situation is going to be like on Thursday. But I'm not going to put it any higher than that because I'm looking at the schedule. And I used to go to a bar in my younger days when before I had kids and was married and I was, you know, had a life. And there was a, a slogan outside this bar and it said, where the elite don't meet. And I keep thinking of that slogan as I'm looking at the teams that the Browns are going to play uh, coming you know, the Broncos, Steelers, Bengals, Patriots, Lions. I mean, I don't care what any of their records are right now. I don't think anybody is over 500, but that is not the elite of the NFL. And that's the one good thing about this is that they have this stretch where they have a larger margin for error than they had today against the Cardinals with all the issues that they have going on. So Immediately, I'm putting it at about a six and a half. Long term, I mean, Baker's health is going to, everything depends on Baker's health, but long term, I don't, I don't put it that high. All right, Doug, we got a five and a six and a half. What about you? I'm a four because of the schedule. And Scott, by the way, just so you know, you're still allowed to go to a bar after you get married and have kids. That is, no, I really, I really legal. can't. It's, <laughs> it's legal to do so. They don't say no married people in here. Um, <laughs> The schedule is true. I think they have to go four and one in the next five before the Baltimore game. And the fact that they're playing on Thursday, everything Scott said, everything Mary Kay said, I agree with all of that, but they lost to three really good teams. This was as bad as it could get today. I want everyone to tell me when the tackles are going to be back because that is so gigantic. I would like you guys to tell me when Nick Chubb is going to be back. So the hard thing is like my panic level about the healthy Browns, is not that high because like a lot of stuff has gone wrong and stuff goes wrong. What trying to figure out when they will be more like the healthy Browns. I mean, that, that can make you panic in and of itself, I think. So I don't just want to be like, Oh, just wait till everybody's back. And it's like, Oh, they're not themselves until week 12. And it's like, okay, well that was a lot of blank hands. Right. So I, that's, that's Mm -hmm. the thing that is hard, but I'm still, you know, listen, chiefs, chargers, Cardinals, you know, this is awful, but I'll still only go four. Yeah, I, I can't ratchet up the panic here either. I, I'm more, I'm probably more in line with what Doug and Mary Kay said. I'm probably right, right around that five. Maybe I'll go, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go six, but only for this reason. And, and I want to spend time on this. I don't know what the fix is on defense right now. So on offense, right, all those things you mentioned, Doug, you might get your tag. Well, you will, you will get your tackles back. I shouldn't say Mike. You'll get your tackles back. You'll at least get Nick Chubb back. We don't know the status of Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, you're going to get Jarvis Landry back. And by the way, let's just give Jarvis Landry a lot more money. Let, let's just give him way more money than he's making now. I think we've seen how important he is to this offense here uh, recently. You're, you're going to get healthier. You're going to get better. And you're going to be back to who you are offensively. And, and like Scott said, you're not playing the elite of the elite. But I don't know what the fix is for the defense. I really don't. Is it Greg Newsom being healthier? I, I don't know if that's enough to, to take this from being the defense we saw the last two weeks to being a defense that looks more like what we saw against the Bears and the Texans. Um, and, and that's my – and the Vikings as well. 
And, and that's my concern. I, I just, I, I don't know how they fix that. But do, do we think the players aren't good enough on defense? Is Do we think it's that? That as it turns out, they've drafted all these guys, they signed all these guys, and the players aren't good enough. You, you know what I think? It has a lot to do with the fact that uh, you know, we stood out there every single day during training camp. We've talked about this before. Uh, I do think that there is a lot to be said for not practicing together. And I mean, look, they're only six games in and you've got Grant Delpit playing his first games. You've got Malik McDowell playing his first games and making some mistakes here and there. You've got JOK playing his first games. You've got Greg Newsom. Now he's only played a couple games. Uh, so a lot of young guys uh, and a lot of guys learning to play together for the very first time. And I'm sure some of it is scheme. I mean, look, some things, I mean, John Johnson three is not playing his best football, right? I mean, like, is he in the right spot? Is the deep post safety the right thing for him? Are they all not communicating? They're banged up. They're injured. I still have a feeling that this, this defense is somehow going to come together. I think the fix is going to be experience, more experience for a lot of the younger guys. It's going to be lesser offenses than the one that they played today, right? I mean, all the three uh, teams that they have played that they have lost against were really, you know, pretty darn good offenses, although they've got some pretty good ones coming up. I mean, my goodness, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens look like they're going to be a tough out twice. Um, but I still think the defense has some good upside, and I'm not ready to, to say that that Joe Woods can't call the defense. I think there are a lot of things going on in the state defense. Is it an acceptable answer, Dan, if what are they going to do defensively? And the answer is something different, like whatever, <laughs> whatever that was not that, because I do think last year it was like, well, what are they going to do defensively? It's like, I don't know. Andrews and Dejo is playing all the time. That's a problem. Like, I don't think the personnel, you don't just look at, I don't think we're, we've given up to everything Mary Kay just said. I don't think we've given up on the personnel. So either just get better because you're playing together more or do something different. Play different coverages. Do like that wasn't good enough. So fix it because you can't fix personnel in the middle of the year. Working together, better communication scheme. Those you can fix in the middle of the year. So like Dan, I share your concern, but it does feel fixable to me because I think they have, 12 or 15 pretty decent players on defense and they're not playing as good as they are. I mean, and I agree the schedule is going to help fix some of this. Uh, they have played some of the top offenses in the league over the first five games, and they've certainly helped make them some of the top offenses in the league, but uh, everybody they got coming up is like bottom 20 or under, you know, ranked uh, 20 or below in, in points per game. So that helps. Um, but really the Vikings are like the only game out of this first stretch where they actually seem to shut down a really good offense. At some point they're going to have to do it again. Um, no matter what happens over this next five game stretch, it's, this is a good, a good stretch to kind of get yourself right, but they're going to end up in the situation again, definitely against Baltimore where they have to make something happen. And they, they're, you know, one for one for three, one for four now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just really concerning when, you know, last week you had the two big plays from Mike Williams. And then this week there were at least two plays where it was with DeAndre Hopkins. Like, what exactly was supposed to happen on this play? 
you know, there was one where he came across the middle and made a catch on the far sideline. And I don't know. I don't know who was supposed to cover him. I don't know what was supposed to happen. DeAndre Hopkins catches the ball when there's two people draped all over him. So when he's wide open, him and Kyler Murray, I mean, he only had 55 yards today, but he also drew a few interference penalties. And uh, it felt like 155 yards. I, I don't know. that. I, I just That's where my panic level is. And it, it's not – there's still 11 games left. All of this is couched in that discussion. And I think this defense will be better. I think they'll look better when they play a guy like Mac Jones. You know, but I also wonder – is Jamar Chase just going to run free in the secondary when the Browns play the Bengals in a few weeks? I think there's real concerns about that right now. So that that's really where my panic level comes from. And we're, we're going to get to Baker's injury too. That That's part of it as well. But right, right now the defense is kind of driving um, my, my number. Well, I think they had a chance to shut down Mac Jones until you dropped that bulletin board material <laughs> right in Bill Belichick's lap, Dan. So right. way to go. Apologies, Joe Woods. Yeah, you know what? It just seems like, you know, I, I look out there and you, I, I just see um, confusion, blown coverages, lack of communication, and it is it is a surprise. It is a surprise. I think all of us expected that, uh, first of all, that, that John Johnson was going to be sort of the glue that pulled this whole thing together, right? I mean, I think that we thought that he was going to knit this secondary together and sort of make it pop. And that hasn't happened yet. And I'm not going to, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. And I don't know if they need to change up what they're doing with their safeties. It seemed like Ronnie Harrison had some coverage issues, right? I mean, like on the, uh, on the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown, there was a, I mean, Denzel just let him go. Right. But he didn't let him go just because he thought, Hey, I'll let him go. I mean, (laughs) right. I mean, he let him go because he thought a safety had him. That was weird. That was a really weird blown coverage. And there's too many of those. And they definitely have to figure out what the heck is going on with their communication in the secondary. But I I almost, I have almost less bothered by those because it's obviously a communication mistake and they've got to figure it out. But are they going to be doing that week 14? Like, are they going to lose a bunch? It just makes sense to tell figure. Like Denzel, talk about John Johnson third. John Johnson third, like, had a pick today. It just was wiped out because Denzel got too handsy in coverage, in one-on-one coverage. And when John Johnson the third came across and made a pick, it didn't count. Greedy got beat a couple times in one-on-one coverage today, right, in the end zone on the touchdown. Those almost concerned me a little more, that I think some of this is – it feels like sometimes they're in a zone and they're not communicating and guys are running free. But then a couple of times when they tried to man up a little bit, sometimes today it was like the corners got beat anyway. And honestly, you get beat. I get that. But you know, that can't happen either. And that to me, Dan, like in a fix, it's like, well, how do you fix that? It's like, well, you just gotta, you gotta lean on your corners to stop guys sometimes. So, you know, you can play this back in week 16 when a blown coverage makes them lose, but man, I hope they figure that out. But they've also got to lean on Denzel and Greg Newsom and Greedy to kind of shut down some of these receivers. And there are still times when that's not happening. I, I think we also have to mention, too, and look, I think this is part of it. This happened today. This defensive performance happened against a team that lost its head coach and play caller two days ago. So this wasn't even like Kevin Stefanski, who testified. I actually just looked. His, his positive test happened on a Tuesday before you even kind of get into the week. 
So you had that time to kind of get Alex Van Pelt ready to call plays, kind of get what you wanted to, to get done in that week and plan. They lost Cliff Kingsbury on, well, it was Friday night, like late. They lost Cliff Kingsbury late in the week, about as late as you can lose a guy in a week. They had a walkthrough between then and, and this game. And they, they don't have like an offensive coordinator. They lost their quarterbacks coach too to, to COVID-19. So, you know, that, that sort of frames this a little bit too. There, you should have had some kind of advantage because of that, at least. Like Arizona's offense shouldn't have looked as crisp as it did. Now, Kyler Murray's incredible. But still, they shouldn't have looked as, as good as they did against this defense when basically your, your head coach and play caller – maybe the guy that would have been your offensive coordinator, your quarterback's coach are both back in Arizona and, and it happened. You find out the Friday night before the game. I do think Kyler Murray erased a lot of the issues there because there were multiple times where the Browns blitzed uh, and, and he just, he picked, he picked the right spot to go every time. And I don't know why the Browns even blitz because Kyler Murray is uh, pretty incredible against the blitz. It's like PFF passer grade is like 90.4. When you blitz him now after today, he's got five touchdowns uh, and no picks when he's blitzed. Um, but I do think that helped. I, but just going back to um, what, uh, what Doug said about figuring it out last year, I would have been more concerned last year. You had guys on this team who had never done it before this year. I think in week six, you still have enough road ahead of you where I think you can safely say these guys have done it before. They've all performed at a high level somewhere, maybe not here, but somewhere. And you kind of still have to kind of expect that they're going to figure that out. And that by week 14, they will be playing at a high level again. And like the touchdown, who was the, they threw like a short pass on third and something by the goal line and the guy caught it and ran in for a touchdown. Right. And, but it looked (laughs) like when they threw the ball, I was like, Oh, Oh, the Browns are going to tackle him. Mm-hmm. And I think Grant Delpit was, was in the Delpit. area yeah. and a couple of the guys were there. was there. And to me, that's like, Hey, this is the fast fly to the ball, make tackles defense. I was almost surprised Arizona threw that pass because this feels, and they didn't make the tackle and the guy scored and Arizona got exactly what they thought. And that to me was more concerning. Like, well, it was like, well, it sure felt like the guys they wanted in those spots were in the spot. And then they didn't make the play. It wasn't a blown coverage. It was like guys there didn't stop the guy. And so again, maybe that'll be, you know, if it's two rookies who were nearby, okay, maybe they'll make that tackle in week 11. But I was like, man, I was shocked because to me, that was last year, BJ Goodson and Andrews and Deho, like don't make that tackle. And it's like, Oh, that's why those guys aren't here anymore. And then the guys who were here didn't make that tackle. And I was like, man, they are here exactly to make that tackle. If you look at the next gen stats, little dots, people were tweeting out of the other plays afterwards. And they tweeted out, Someone tweeted out that one, and you can see all the dots converge on Hopkins. And then all of a sudden, he just makes his way through there, mm-hmm. gets to the end yeah. zone. Yeah, that, that was surprising because, uh, if I recall correctly, it was sort of like he sort of split Denzel and Grant, right? And yeah. like you guys said, I mean, Denzel and Grant, you do expect uh, that they are going to make uh, that they are going to make that play. One of those guys is going to make that play. So that, that was... Um, it was, it's unfortunate to see some of that. And, uh, but I think that I really think that's going to get better as they work together more. I was always concerned, uh, throughout the whole entire training camp about never looking out there 
and seeing these guys working together and they never played together in a preseason game. So, um, so, you know, I just, I, I did think that the early part of the season was going to be somewhat like it was for the offense last season where they didn't have their act together at all the whole first half of the season. And then midway through, they went back to the drawing board. Unfortunately for the Browns, the drawing board is going to come late this year because the buy isn't until week 13. So you can't, and now they've got a mini buy coming up after the Broncos game, and they're going to have to treat that like a buy. I mean, they're going to need to dig into some film over those, you know, whatever, 10 days and, um, and, and really kind of to go back to the drawing board and fix some things with their, with their coverages and with what's going on in the back end there, because it really is unacceptable right now. And I think some of it is again, injuries, lack of continuity, uh, but some of it's scheme and they, they have to figure out, do they have the right, the right guys in the right places uh, or, or do they need to change some of that up? Okay. Let's spend some time on Baker Mayfield in the offense before we go, because that obviously is another big topic. Baker comes into the post-game press conference today wearing a sling uh, on his left arm, injured the shoulder. Uh, he left the game after the hit, uh, strip sack from J.J. Watt, but also indicated that um, there, there was a non-contact play where the shoulder popped out. Uh, so he's obviously dealing with, he's got that partially torn labrum, and obviously something happened to it again today. So, you know, I'm imagining that, that Baker is part of the numbers that we all threw out, whatever they are. But what is our concern level with Baker right now, especially because you've got this quick turnaround to Thursday night. We don't know if he's going to have either of his top running backs. He's likely not going to have Kareem Hunt, but who knows about Nick Chubb. Uh, Odell, I mean, Odell Beckham is dealing with a shoulder injury. It might even be a quick turnaround to get Jarvis Landry back on the field. We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, but you know, where are we at with Baker Mayfield right now? You know, I do have a concern about Baker Mayfield right now and, and the turnovers and the stuff that I saw early on in the game. Right. And, and, and I think, um, I, I don't think that should get overshadowed by the fact that he re-injured his shoulder on the third turnover, because there were two before that, that really kind of shouldn't have happened or didn't need to happen. Uh, so I saw him, missing a couple reads again. I saw him being off on some of his throws again, one to Austin Hooper early on, one to, um, well, the Richard pick was bad. And then he missed an open Odell Beckham Jr. So there was a, some decision-making issues uh, that were a little bit of a concern. Um, I, I still think that it's all gonna get better, but if I didn't know any better, I would have thought that Baker, that Baker Mayfield has been affected by either wearing the harness or whatever the heck is going on because he hasn't looked like himself to me when, when, you know, in the, in the regular part of the game before he got re-injured, he, he didn't look like himself before that. And I, I kept thinking, what, what's wrong with him? Like, this isn't, this isn't right. Something's not right. And Scott, you did a really nice breakdown on how Baker Mayfield has, gone 0 for 11 on passes of 20 yards or more in the previous two games. Something not right about that to me either, right? And some of it has to do with the fact that Jarvis is not around. Again, we mentioned tackles not in here today, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb not here. But I'm still somewhat concerned about Baker, who came into this game 30th in the NFL on third down and 30th in the NFL on fourth down. And he uh, maybe it's as simple as the harness, but 
he looks off to me. My level of concern is, is high enough to wonder if the Browns should ask the question right now, do we start Case Keenum on Thursday? Mm-hmm. I can't think of a worse situation for Baker Mayfield to go into, no matter what the MRI says, than to show up without both his top running backs, without the left tackles again, um, <clears throat> and go into that game and try to, if he gets hit again, I mean, what's going to happen the next time? It's just clearly he needs to get that right. And something worse happened to it tonight Uh, on a short week. I I don't know. I just, you're going against a team that you, you, you want to beat a team that you should beat in the Broncos. They're coming here. Maybe you put case Keem out there and let Baker take a rest. I, I do think a concern, Doug, before you go, though, with that injury is I, I, I'm not sure if it's an injury that gets better with, with rest. Now, maybe it would help Baker to just have that mental rest. I don't know if you sit him down for 10 days if that injury necessarily gets better without him having surgery on it. But that's, that's for doctors to figure out, not me. But <laughs> Doug, go ahead. So Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud didn't look like himself in the first month of the season and they played Akron and they rested him and they didn't play him. And he came back and he looks like a different guy and he was working stuff out with his shoulder. You might be right, Dan. I mean, I, again, you can't just say, Oh, shoulders all the same. I think there might be a motivational thing to play case Keenum on Thursday. You tell this defense, you've got to win the game for us on Thursday. I'm sick of you guys looking like this, win a game for us again, like you did against Minnesota. Cause this guy with his arm hanging off, well, I'm not going to make him play on short rest. And we're going to play this veteran quarterback who knows what's up, has been around the league. He's going to give us a chance, but you win it. Enough of what happened the last two weeks. And you asked Demetric Felton and Case Keenum to go win that game. And you asked Miles Garrett and JOK and Denzel Ward and Greg News and everybody else to say, if they get 20, is that enough? Because this is embarrassing. And the, the two options are try to rally around. We're going to let Baker rest and see if that helps. We're going we're gonna to try. Let's, let's pick up the whole team and make it a rallying cry. Or like you risk getting out there. Well, is he hurt? Well, is he not? Well, he looks like I just think there's like a, a – and it's not to save Baker. I think – does it make sense? I think this team needs to play the backup quarterback for motivation. Has that ever been done before? Is that <laughs> – is that a speech that they would give in a, in a movie about sports? We're going to play the backup quarterback and make this defense play better. But like, you know what I mean? I just think it's, I think there are a gazillion reasons. And Mary Kay, you said it first right off the top. I think there are a gazillion reasons to not play Baker on Thursday. And like the worst case scenario of like, well, we played the backup. It almost like gives you an excuse if you lose, right? And we had short rest. We played the backup quarterback. We lost. Now we get it back. Let's go on a four-game winning streak before Baltimore. I think there's a lot of stuff happening. I'm not in panic mode, you know, that very much. But I think you've, like, why wouldn't you try, Dan, to your point? We don't know. I don't know. But maybe if rest would maybe help. Because Mary Kay, you said he doesn't look like himself. The whole thing with Baker, if he's not accurate, I know it's the chip on the shoulder, whatever. If he's not accurate, like, the conversation's over. And he missed stuff today. The pick was awful, Right. So whether it's the shoulder or not the shoulder, whatever, if Baker's not accurate, he's not Baker. So you've got to get him accurate. So I think I would rest him and, and, and hope it helps. Because if he's going to throw picks when guys are open, 
Like it's kind of game over because he's not going to make magic, which is fine. But then you can, when you're Baker Mayfield, you cannot miss those throws. And he missed another couple again today. Well, you know, the other thing to think about with Baker Mayfield, and this is a big issue. You guys can see, we can all see, everybody can see how, I mean, you would have to absolutely put him on a plane to another country to keep him out of this football game. I mean, you saw, we saw what happened when in the Texans game, when he, when the shoulder first popped out, I mean, they tried to get him to go to the locker room. He got, he got, I think he probably got to the, the tunnel, popped that sucker back in and he was back out. Okay. Today he goes into the tent. I'm sure they were trying to like hold him in there and he shot out of there like a, like a, out of a cannon. Right. And he came back out and he was like, there's no way in heck I'm letting Case Keenum go into my football game. Not happening. Not happening. This guy went 11 and three for, for Kevin Stefanski in 2017, took them to the NFC championship game. I'm not letting Case Keenum go in my football game. No freaking way. So he goes back. They, they made him go back into the tent again. And then he came back out again. And like, this is just not an option for him to not play a football game. So he's not I don't the know coach. How, he's not the coach. It's not I know, his decision. I know. I'm just saying, I don't know how they're going to keep him. I don't know how they're going to keep him out when it's his left shoulder. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you it's say, his, I'm the coach and um, you're not playing. You're hurt. All you got to do, do is hide his helmet. That's, that's he all did, it takes. He'd have to be benched. <laughs> is what, what I'm saying is they, I mean, they would have to, they would really have to, to bench. Kevin Stefanski would have to bench him and say, you're sitting down. And I, I don't know if they're going to do that. I, well, I, I don't, but that's don't not the right him. word. You're hurt. We're going to let you rest your shoulder. You're not playing this week. We're going to give you all this time to rest your shoulder for the good of you and the good of the team. That's not benching. I don't know if, I mean, I kind of agree with you guys in some ways, but if it's his left non-throwing shoulder and you heard him say it tonight after the game, you're going to play Thursday night. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's got every, he's got a lot to lose by, by not playing. He's got a lot to lose. What if Case Keenum goes in there and the offense operates very efficiently and all of a sudden it looks a little bit more like it's supposed to look right. Um, what if, what if the Broncos defense lands on, you know, sacks him and he lands on that shoulder and the Broncos defense is the better part of that, that team. Um, you got to weigh that too. You know, it, again, like what we've been talking about the whole time, it's a short week. He doesn't have the normal time of rest. And I mean, he's having a freaking MRI tomorrow, <laughs> his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I don't think it's going to be a hard decision for Stefanski. It wouldn't be a hard conversation to have to tell him you're not playing. You got to get right. And it's one game. Dan, what do you think about that? Not a hard conversation for Kevin Stefanski to have with Baker Mayfield. I I think it's a very hard conversation. I I think it's, I think Baker is, I I think I'm with you, Mary Kay. They'd have to convince him that the game got moved to Denver. For him to like come out of that, to come out of Kevin Stefanski's office and be like, yeah, I'm cool with that. That doesn't mean they can't do it. But I know, but you guys are like talking about, we know he's a competitor, but like for real, like what would he do for real? Not not like hyperbole, (laughs) but what would he do for real? The head coach says, we're resting you because your shoulder is not 100%. We're going to try to get it back to as close to 100% as we can for the rest of the year. So we're not going to play you on Thursday on a short week. You're not playing. Like, what do you think he would do? post something on Instagram and that'd be the end of it. He, I mean, he'd be a good soldier about it. 
Okay, so then do it. And also, by the way, I don't care if it's hard. It's the NFL. Being a head coach in the NFL is hard. Maybe it's time for, I mean, like Kevin Stefanski has been great so far. He's had a good run. This is the first two-game losing streak. Make a hard choice for the good of the team. I well, also don't, can I be honest, though? I don't know if it's the right move. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I feel like we've sort of knighted Case Keenum. And I know, Doug, you're saying, like, make the defense win the game. I mean, Case Keenum is okay. He's fine. He's, I mean, like you said, Mary Kay, let Minnesota the NFC championship game and they didn't pay him and Denver did. And then they traded him. So, I mean, he's fine. He's whatever. Uh, I'm not biting Case Keenum. Baker I don't care. Might still be better than Case Keenum. But I don't, I don't care who the backup quarterback is. If you're in the NFL, if you're an NFL team, you should have a backup quarterback who can start a game in an emergency. And this is kind of an emergency. The starting quarterback doesn't look like himself. Let's try to make him like himself. Otherwise, he's just missing people for no reason. We're all well, doing this that, dance. Listen, that's the other discussion here, right? What we've seen from Baker in his time is when things around him are right, he's been very good. Today, he's missing both his tackles. And look, I don't know how anybody looks with Blake Hans and James Hudson starting a tackle. But he's missing both his tackles. He's missing uh, Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt's not 100%. He doesn't have his favorite receiver and Jarvis Landry and things have been shaky. So the shoulder is an easy excuse and I think it's legitimate and I think it's part of it, but I also don't know if we should lose sight of the fact that some of that structure has been missing and Baker has been struggling. So I think the shoulder's part of it, but I don't think we should ignore the other element too, where things, things aren't quite right around him and he has struggled. But I, I don't know. That, that probably makes this podcast another hour. <laughs> and you know what? I, I think that um, I, I kind of agree with you, Dan. I'm not ready to bench him yet for Thursday it's night. Delta, you're, you're, you are lighting this discussion on fire by using the word bench. <laughs> Nobody's using the word bench because that's honestly, we could make it a problem. If we start writing or talking about Baker Mayfield getting benched when clearly you, Mary Kay, you said it. You asked, is the harness an issue? That's an injury related thing. He's it's not, it wouldn't be a benching. Nobody is suggesting benching him, but okay. that's a, that's a dangerous word. We have to use okay. that word very sparingly. Let's strike that from yeah. the yeah. podcast. Yeah. What a, sitting make, him down because make, of him, make him inactive, make yes. him inactive or however we want to put lipstick on the pig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Sit him down, ever gently sit him down uh, in favor of Case Keenum because his shoulder hurts. Uh, but the the fact remains that it is his it is his non throwing shoulder, and if the doctors say that he can play, then I think he should play. I think he should start. If the docs say he's okay to start, I would still let him start that game, and and if it's obvious that he cannot function and it's not going well then maybe you sit him down and let case keenum go in the game however you want to say it uh but i don't think i I think i'd let him start well going back to what dan said about structure we we're assuming that the structure is not going to be great on thursday i think as of right now we have to assume it's not going to be great so let's remember baker was scrambling uh on that play where he you know where he landed on his uh where he fumbled and and landed on his shoulder. So if that happened because of all the issues they're having at tackle and, and the offensive line and 
you're putting them back in that situation again. I, you know, if he struggled in, in that structure once, let's maybe give him give him a week to, to get right. So we thought. Go ahead, Scott. Sorry. I was going to say, because you don't know how long that's it's going to be like that. We, we, you know, when's the next time you're going to have a full offensive line out there? You're not sure yet. So we thought Odell might play week one. Right. And he didn't play. Right. Like, why didn't he play? Because he was kind of healthy, but not as healthy as he could be. And they wanted to rest him, keep him out a little bit. Why didn't he play? That was that. that, that was, that's a little different, though, because that wasn't 100 percent. Kevin Stefanski saying to Odell, you're not playing. No, not at all. That was Odell saying, I'm not ready to play. He, he basically, it was basically up to him and he did not feel ready. And no, nobody else can really 100% judge another person's readiness to come back from an ACL. But that was mostly, mostly Odell not feeling ready. That's not going to happen in this situation. Even if the doctors tell Baker he can't play on Thursday night, he's going to say that he feels, I mean, absolutely. That's our little foreshadowing. I mean, he has every intention of playing that game. We just know, we know who he is and what he's all about. And there's no way in heck that he's going to want to sit down this game. Do you but think it's possible it would be better for the Browns and Baker to sit down? Like, do you think it's possible, Mary Kay? We, we don't know. We don't know all the medical stuff. Do you think it's possible that he might get somewhat healthier if he rested? I don't know the answer to that. I think, I think we kind of have to wait and see what the medicals say. I mean, if he has a horribly torn labrum now, then, you know, then, then that, that changes the picture a little bit. Is that, is that how they would write it on the MRI? Horribly <laughs> torn labrum. I had, as, as an aside, I had to get an MRI on my shoulder in the spring and I saw the, the results on our little patient portal and it said my shoulder was unimpressive. Oh, really. that's not nice. Oh, Dan, we think it's really just Dan. <laughs> is that why you're not completing many deep passes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. My unimpressive shoulder. Let, let's remember that it isn't always about it. Well, it isn't all about the doctors can say, yeah, he's good to go, but they do have a couple of practices before Thursday's game. And that'll determine uh, some of this as well. I mean, Kevin Stefanski, the coaching staff are going to watch him throw and that you got to believe is going to play a part in it. But I, if it was me, I wouldn't even get to that point. I tell case, look, you're starting Thursday. So you're ready. 100%. You're, you're starting. Yep. Scott's, Scott's I on would hide Baker's case. helmet. And say good luck. Just take the week off. Get better. Go hang out with Jed and Jack and Kareem and you know play cards and get healthy. Doug's on team case for Thursday night. No, 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 no. See again, you're mischaracterizing. I am on team. Doug on team bench. I thought I'm trying to find comparisons, and and the Odell one was not good. Jed Wills tried to play, kept trying to play, was in games, then he came out. And then finally they said, well, I mean, like you can't play. You can't function. So he didn't play. Uh, nobody said he got benched for Blake Hance. Like clearly Blake Hance is not as good as him, but the hope is that by him not playing for a little bit is he'll get better. And then when he comes back, he can be more like himself. Is that an app comparison? Is that closer? Yes, but we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. We, we just don't know yet if what the docs are going to say. We don't know if the docs are going to say, no, you, you cannot 
play with a whatever kind of torn labrum in your left shoulder. Well, I will know more in the next couple of days. So the, the other part of this, by the way, just aside from people's health and all of that is even though it's only week six, there's 11 games left. This game on Thursday is important. You got to win this game. You know, the Ravens won today. They are now five and one. Mm-hmm. They play the Bengals, the Vikings, the Dolphins, and the Bears before they have to play the Browns. You know, it's a little early for scoreboard watching, but at the same time, it, it can get away from you if you're not careful. Now, I think, and we talked about this in the pod on Friday, Scott, you mentioned it as well. I, I think the Browns are going to be fine over this stretch before they have to play the Ravens in those back-to-back games. But you know, these, these games start to get more and more important as we move along. And, you know, you, you don't want to let the Ravens get away from you and, and they're playing really good football right now. And look, the other, the other, the flip side of this coin is the Ravens absolutely smoked the chargers today. Mm-hmm. So maybe that Sunday game last week just completely drained these two teams. I mean, if, if you're, if you're, if you're looking to make an excuse for the Browns, maybe that's it. That, that shootout where both teams had to travel back from the West Coast, the Chargers had to travel to Baltimore, and the Browns had to travel back home on, on Sunday, late Sunday night. Uh, I don't know. Maybe both teams just got drained by that game. But, um, you know, I, I guess we'll see. The, the Browns will have to turn around and play Thursday night, though. I guess the, and there's not many teams. I mean, again, we all know it. They're playing their fourth and fifth tackles. Show me teams whose offenses would look competent playing your fourth and fifth tackles. And I do think Baker was trying too hard. I thought the, the one he took a sack where clearly like both tackles got beat like simultaneously (laughs) immediately, but there was room to step up and make a play. And he was like late stepping up. And I, I'm not sure why it's like, well, you know, they're going to get beat just anticipate your tackles getting smoked and you're going to have to step up away from pressure. And I thought he was late to do it and he got sacked and, or that might even been one of the fumbles, but it was just like, ah, that, that was odd to me, but just the whole, your whole offensive plan is just blown to smithereens because you have zero faith in your fourth and fifth tackles to block those guys. I will so, say, okay. Oh, you know, I don't know. That's just a complicating factor to the whole deal as we all know. And we've all said, I will say this, however, I thought Baker did a really nice job in a lot of situations in this game where he slipped out of more trouble. Yeah, I he mean, did. he he escaped a lot of trouble in this game. He is, and I always call him, sneaky mobile. He's very sneaky mobile. He can get out of things. He's very slippery. You know, he's not Kyler Murray, but he is so slippery. And I thought he did a nice job of that today. But then he had the sack, and I think it was one of the fumbles, where he got out to the left, yes. he escaped, and then he – it looked like he was going to throw it away or do something, and then he sort of stopped and got ready to throw again and then got sacked from behind. And it sort of was like, well, you got out. You know they're still coming. Like, right. what? I, I thought – I was like, why did you right. – why did you just get out of dodge there or throw the ball away, and he was still trying extra – I did right. think there were times where he got away from initial pressure, yes. but then kept trying too hard to do something and then got in trouble. But yes. to your point, he was slippery a lot of the time. Yeah. The two, I thought the two fumbles were those exact situations. He slipped out of trouble and, and then he just didn't throw the ball away when he needed to. You got to know when to do that. And he didn't do that in those two situations and cost the team. Okay, last thing I'm going to ask you guys. Oh, Scott, did you want to say something real quick? No, no. Okay, last, last thing I'm going to ask you guys. 
Kyler Murray fun scale. Another one to 10. What do you think? I love watching Kyler Murray in person. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to do it twice now. I continue to be amazed that he's able to see anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, he was walking uh, into the locker room when we were walking down to the press conferences. And I mean, he's not a large man at all, um, but it's just, it's, it's something else to watch him just how he has a really good command of the offense. And he's one of those guys who can make things happen when it doesn't look like it should happen. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a sight to see it. I can see why people are talking about him in the you know, MVP conversation. Yeah, and I didn't even think that this was one of his better games either, right? I mean, he did not have Cliff. I mean, they kicked three field goals in the first. I mean, they got they started at their eight at the Browns 18 and then at the Browns 28. And then on a third drive, they got to the 15. And they kicked field goals all of those times. And I thought that was a function of Cliff not being there, his quarterback's coach not being there, okay? I mean, Cliff is a really good, good play caller, and they were down to their third play caller, and that was a challenge. So I don't think we really got the full Kyler experience in this game, but it was still pretty darn fun. I'd give it a seven today. Yeah, Doug, he kind of reminds me a little bit of um, the the guy I think of is Steph Curry. Like, Mm, yeah, Curry is so much fun to watch. Every now and again, he'll get a little loose with the, the basketball, trying to do too much, but then he'll pull up from 45 feet and, and just drill a shot. He, he's got a little bit of that in him. Yeah. Kyler got Curry's, a little loose today. Kyler got a little loose today at times. Curry's the most annoying player in the NBA. I just went, <laughs> we got Cleveland fans listening to this. So I just, I have to throw that out there. Did Kyler take annoying. his mouthpiece out and whip it at anybody today? <laughs> but don't you guys agree that this, I mean, that, that wasn't the full. No, Kyler no. experience. You have to see Cliff and Ky- the K's. You got to see the K and K working in concert. Wasn't wasn't Cliff Kingsbury supposed to be fired by now? Yeah. Well, not the conversations we were having this offseason. We were ranking coaches seat. and talking about people like that. He was instead, he was, instead, he was watching this game from his palatial estate with the yes. fire going. And I don't know, maybe he was in the pool. Instead, in five games this season, out of six, they have scored 30 points or more. Mm-hmm. That's pretty remarkable. It's a good football team. Good quarterback makes coaches look like genius, man. <laughs> it's, it's even, even Cliff Kingsbury could look like a genius with the right guy playing yep. QB. <clears throat> All right, that'll do it. Our post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Uh, for Mary Kay, Scott, and Doug, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.